With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. It is picked up by the line. Darius Slay's got it. Coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30. Darius at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep, got a man out there, Enzo, caught, touchdown to Corbyn, Marvin Jones! Drink it in, drink it in. Touchdown to Corbyn! Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. Welcome to the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. This is Griff going solo today. Uh, there's a couple things I want to talk about uh, before I talk about uh, doing a Lions draft. I know Derek's uh, really big on doing a full seven-round draft, so I did one of those myself. But there's a couple uh, things that happened in uh, with the Detroit Lions this week, and I want to uh, give you my take on them. Uh, first one was is that they signed uh, running back C.J. Anderson uh, from the Rams on a one-year deal. Um, this uh, is the guy they decided to go for after missing on another Rams running back, Malcolm Brown. Uh, once again, they signed R- Malcolm Brown to a uh, offer sheet earlier uh, this year, but uh, it was matched by the Rams, so uh, the Lions had to keep looking. Uh, C.J. Anderson last year, I'm not quite for sure how to feel about this signing. Uh, he started off with the Carolina Panthers, uh, played nine games for him. I believe over those nine games, he had less than uh, 200 yards rushing. Uh, they released him, and he uh, signed with Oakland. And uh, before even touching the field for Oakland, he was released. Um, he was picked up by the uh, Rams in the last couple uh, games of the season. Uh, a lot of people think because uh, the Rams weren't quite for sure with Todd Gurley's injury if he was going to be okay, if he would be able to play. But uh, C.J. Anderson made the most of the deal that he uh, got from the Rams. Uh, he was in two games, rushed for almost 300 yards, had a couple touchdowns. And then he played really big in the playoffs, had an over 100-yard game with a couple touchdowns as well. Uh, now, C.J. Anderson, he's about 5'8", uh, about 225 pounds. Now, it doesn't sound very tall, but uh, it's more like a bowling ball guy that they're looking for. Obviously, uh, they're looking to replace like, Garrett Blunt, and they feel C.J. Anderson can fit the bill. So, he looks like he'll be the short yardage guy, the thumper that they're looking for, the guy in the red zone five yards and in. Uh, he adds to the backfield where they already have um, players such as, we all know, Carrion, the re-signed Zach Zenner. They have uh, Theo Riddick is still on the squad. Um, so once again, it being only a one-year deal, I don't think this will can be a bad signing for the Lions. 
It's, uh, I don't think that this stops them from even looking to take a running back in the draft, either another thumper that they may be looking for, or possibly even somebody uh, to replace Theo Riddick. Um, as uh, me and Derek have discussed in the past, it seems like Theo Riddick doesn't have the same uh, you know, skill set uh, that he had when he was younger. Um, he may be uh, losing a little bit of his, uh, of his touch, you know, his quickness. He still has great hands, and he still has... Uh, the ability to pick up a blitz, but uh, it looks like he's uh, just the age is starting to catch up with him, so the Lions may be looking for uh, somebody to replace him in the draft. But uh, the C.J. Anderson signing, like I said, I'm not quite for sure how to feel about it. I guess the biggest positive, it, it, it's just a one-year deal, so I don't think it's really going to hurt the Lions that much at all. Another thing that happened uh, this week for the Lions, uh, I know a lot of people really don't pay attention to their front office, but uh, they they fired uh, Brendan Profit this week. Uh, he'd been with the team for three years. He was the uh, pro director of he was the pro scouting director, and uh, once again in the Lions organization, he was pretty high up. He was uh, he only answered to about uh, about three other people. One obviously being Bob Quinn, and then a couple other uh, personnel people that were uh, also a little higher up the chain than him. Uh, not quite for sure uh, why this happened. I've been trying to find out. Maybe it's just a little philosophical differences right there. Uh, maybe a Prophet likes uh, one type of player, and uh, Bob Quinn and, uh, and his uh, um, is looking for uh, a different type of player for the Lions. But anyways, after three years, uh, Brendan Prophet will be, uh, will be uh, no longer employed by the Lions, and uh, the Lions, I'm not quite for sure who they're looking to replace him with. Uh, once again, uh, this just uh, once again shows that uh, Bob Quinn is uh, looking to always find the best talent, either on the field or in the front office. So uh, this can only be a good move for the Lions right here. And once again, I think they're going to be able to find somebody who will be able to fit the bill, who they're looking for, and um, be able to help this team get uh, better talent on the field. Once again, we know that's what we're always looking for at Detroit, trying to get the best players on the field. So with those uh, couple points out of the way, uh, we all know Derek is a big uh, draft fiend. He's always looking to break down players, looking to run many mock drafts through a lot of simulators that are out there. And he always uh, shoots me his little uh, drafts when uh, when he finishes them. He always likes to uh, you know, compare the ones that are on, you know, done by the guys on that have found that work, Mel Kuyper, you know, other draft beats such as that so uh with that being said i generally don't run like seven round mock drafts um it's one of those things the guys in the back half of the draft they're uh two uh they're two hit or miss i guess um i usually like to do the first couple i mean i know you guys have listened to me and derek and even on the last podcast we we had chuck dog in we ran through the first round but um you know, I I, uh, I decided to uh, run a seven-round one, and I know uh, Derek's going to listen to this, and then at some point just kind of shake his head and, you know, uh, you know, kind of pick at me about guys I took. But uh, this is what uh, I came down with it with uh, my mock simulation. So once again, in the first round, the way it all fell, um, the mock simulation had uh, Kyler Murray going first, Joey Bosa going second, uh, Quinton Williams going third, but. The guy who fell the lines who I really liked, uh, once again, was uh, Montez Sweat. He's the edge rusher out of Mississippi State. Now, once again, uh, Montez Sweat, he's 6'5 and about 260 pounds. He's, he's fast. He runs a 4440. Um, but uh, there's a couple things uh, about him that... Um, he uh, that are negatives that, uh, that I may look at and uh, not... Uh, 
how can I put it, uh, that the Lions will need to work on to get him to be the pro top, you know, top line edge rusher that we're looking for. Now, um, besides, you know, the positives of him, him and, you know, he's, he, he's, once again, he's fast. He plays with really good leverage. And um, he's a long strider. If you watch him run, he's got a really long stride, so he can uh, gobble up grass and uh, be able to track down players from behind. And uh, this definitely helps him get to the quarterback closing the gap. But with that being said, um, he uh, he needs to be a little more fluid. Uh, he's uh, sometimes he can play a little tight, and uh, that that'll that'll affect him, you know, coming off the edge, especially in the pros. I mean, you can get away with that, you know, going against some of the players in college, but in the pros, they know how to coach it up to uh, really pick out your weaknesses. So um, once again, the D-line coach for the Lions, defense coach for the Lions, they're really going to have to get him to play a little more fluid. Uh, plus, I believe uh, he needs to get a little more power in his lower half, and he's a, he's a little lanky. You know, I know that helps him, you know, with his speed and uh, and does the long strides. But in the pros, everybody's a little bigger, a little faster, a little stronger. So if your lower half is is not as powerful as it could be, you could get knocked off the pass rush a little quicker. Even sometimes, maybe if you come up against a powerful running back, get knocked over. And I know we've seen the best of them get bowled over by the powerful running backs in the NFL. But it's uh, one of those things like uh, he'll have to maybe uh, work on his power in his lower half just to make himself a little stronger. And once again, if that happens, it uh, can only help him in the long run with the Lions. Uh, in the second round, um, once again, if he's still there, I would take Rocky Asin because everybody knows how much I like this guy. But uh, I have him as a first-rounder. Uh, so I am, I'm going with uh, Amani Awarie. Uh, he's the cornerback out of Penn State. I know this is a guy that me and Derek have talked about once again. He's uh, six foot, two hundred nine pounds. Um, he runs about a four four seven forty. So uh, he's got pretty good speed at cornerback. Uh, once again, like I said, he's six foot, two hundred nine. He's a big cornerback. Uh, big cornerback right there. Big cornerbacks are always a nice thing to have in today's NFL. Going up against those really tall, fast, wide receivers. I got to be strong. Got to be big to be able to press those guys. And um. Another thing, just by looking at him, watching him play some of his games, uh, there were some a lot of pass. There were some passing offenses in the Big Ten. Um, he's really good at handling the double move, and uh, we've seen guys like uh, Nevin Lawson. You know, a double move, he gets picked on really quick, and the guys buy him. It also happened a lot with Tease Tabor last year. It seemed like he always bit on the first move. So um, if uh, Amani uh, can come to Detroit, you know, he can uh, be really good at the uh, recovering from a double move. That can only help him. Uh, now a couple down th- downsides of him. Uh, once again, uh, he's not as fluid in the in the hips, so that's something you know that, that has a lot to do with turnings com- coming out of your brakes, being able to um, be, have quick quick movements, uh, being able to catch up uh, with uh, wide receivers. And uh, another thing, I don't know if he'd be asked to do this based on if he was on here, but uh, sometimes he gets lost on uh, good crossing routes, and. Uh, the wide receiver can pull away from him. And once again, we saw that a lot with Detroit last year. Uh, Nevin Lawson happened to him. It happened a lot to Mike Ford later in the season. They would run crossing routes, and it always seemed like those guys were always two, three steps behind him. So uh, once again, but I think Amani Awarie, I think it would be a real good pick for uh, the Lions. Uh, my third round pick, uh, this guy, uh, Josh Oliver, tight end out of Sandy, or sorry, San Jose State. Uh, he's 6'5", 250 pounds. Um, What's nice about Josh Oliver, I know the Lions, I've read a few things that they are interested in this guy. Um, he's a good athlete. He's got really good speed and good size. Uh, 
and that can only uh, be really helpful for what the Lions need at tight end. Uh, we saw their lack of production last year, and uh, we thought maybe at one point uh, Michael Roberts was ready to uh, break out and um, become a star. He had a couple nice games, but uh, he's, he's still in the roster. I'm still open for big things for uh, Big Mike, but uh, I think Josh Oliver would, re- would be really effective in this offense. A um, couple things that uh, Josh Oliver needs to work on is uh, coming out of his breaks. He's uh, not as good coming out of the breaks. So uh, that's one of those things, like especially at a tight end, just running like little hook routes, little dig routes, being that safety valve that uh, Matt Stafford would be looking for. Coming out of the breaks, something clean and crisp, being able to get away from either safeties or linebackers, that's something I'll need to work on. Um, he's also... he's better in vertical routes than crossing routes and like short routes and once again that has to do with you know being able to come out of your breaks and I know the Lions once again they took Ebron trying to hope to get seam routes much like Rob Gronkowski and there was a couple times they tried it last year with Levine Toilolo it seemed like there was a few times he was able to get down the seam and make a couple catches Uh, once again not sure why the Lions don't resign Levine Toilolo I think we might have found something with him but uh, Josh Oliver I think he would be a really good fit for this team uh, my fourth round pick is uh, Lamont Galliard. Out of uh, he's an offensive center out of Georgia. Now he's six three, three hundred five pounds. Now I'm not for sure where the Lions are going to go with Graham Glasgow, and I know right now Graham Glasgow he seems to do a really good job picking up um, or calling out the defense. You know, picking up blitzes. Um, he, you know, there was points last year we did get beat on a few things, stunts, twists, things like that. But um, I know they could be looking for another um, right right guard, and I think Glasgow could play that. Or maybe uh, Lamont uh, would be able to uh, translate from center to guard as well and play right guard here. A um, couple pluses on him. I mean, he's a good athlete. Um, he's tough. He's smart. And he's a good. He's got really good upper body strength, which is uh, which is good. Definitely needed, especially you know being able to uh, hold up on a pass rush, and uh, maybe being able to um, pick up blitzes and uh, pushing uh, or creating space for the running backs. Um, the hard part with uh, Galliard, you, you heard heard his number is he's six three three oh five. That's a little smaller, so um, I'm not quite for sure if that would really be able to translate to guard, but. Um, I know there there have been guys in the league his size that have have had really nice long careers, but um, with him being smaller and he tends to struggle with um, the speed rush, so that uh, seemed to happen last year a little bit with um, Frank Ragnow. He would on speed rushes twist. He would have trouble picking them up, but uh, we're not for sure if uh, Lamont would be able to uh, translate into the NFL and be able to pick that up here. I mean, him playing at Georgia, he did see a lot of really good defenses, so I feel it was a pretty good pick there. Um, I know Derek might think that might be a little bit of a stretch, but uh, I don't know. I thought it was a pretty good pick. In the fifth round... um, once again, we talked about this guy before on an earlier podcast. I would uh, I would be happy if they were able to get uh, Bryce Love in the fifth round. Uh, I know I said his measurables before. Measurable, measurables, measurables before. Once again, he's uh, 5'11", about 213 pounds. Once again, he's quick, he's fast, he's smart, he's got good hands. Um, this would be the guy that would eventually look to replace uh, Theo Riddick. Um, 
I know a couple things. He's, he's just an injury concern. I know at one point when he was at Stanford, this guy was a big-time prospect for the pros, Heisman contender. But uh, something happened. Is just, you know, like you said, uh, had some injury bugs right there, and he really, really fell off. Because um, I know a few years ago this guy was predicted to go in the first round, you know, be Mr. Everything. But if this guy, if we'd get him in the fifth round to replace Theo Riddick, I would be more than happy with that. Um, not quite for sure how effective he would be uh, picking up the blitz in the pros. I know Stanford tends to run a pro offense as well, so I'm sure uh, David Shaw had him uh, on the field to do that as well. But uh, that's something he could work on. Um, but I really like Bryce Love. If we were able to get Bryce Love in the fifth round, I would be very, very happy with that. Um, in the sixth round, the Lions do have a couple sixth-round picks, and I know there's some positions you're wondering why I haven't looked to fill them yet. Uh one uh, position Derek's always talking about is getting another wide receiver. So in the sixth round, with their first pick in the sixth round, I took Miles Boykin, the wide receiver out of Notre Dame. Uh, he's a big body. He's 6'4", 220 pounds. Um, he's got good size and length, and he's got good body control. And I know if anybody watched the uh, Michigan-Notre Dame game, he was able to go up and fight for the ball. He made a couple nice catches down the sidelines on the Michigan defensive backs. But... Um, this would be a guy that we could uh, look to uh, if if lines were looking to move on from Marvin Jones. This may be the guy that could look to take his place. Um, I really, once again, I really like his size, six four two twenty. That's that's good. A um, couple negatives that uh, we have to deal with him just by watching a few things. Um, once again, if you watch the uh, Michigan game, you saw in the first quarter he you know did really really well, but then after that uh, they changed the way they played him a little bit and they pressed him a little more. Um, so he really had trouble throughout the year with press coverage, getting off that. So if he comes up against a big, you know, tall, strong defensive back in the pros, he may have trouble getting off the line. Um, there's something that the line's uh, wide receivers coaches and offensive coordinators would have to work on to get him in freed up in space. But uh, I firmly believe, you know, his speed, his length, he'd be able to get downfield. Uh, another th- issue that he's had in the past at Notre Dame, and we've had this with actually Lions wide receivers in the past, is that he, sometimes this is concentration. He can have a bit of the dropsies here and there, and when he has the dropsies, it's not a one here, one there. It'll go in spurts, and it's you know like the yips in golf. It'll show up, and he'll he'll drop a few passes in a row, and ones that are wide open, easy catches, and then somehow he'll make a tough catch where he really needs to concentrate, and he'll get right back on track. Um, that's something the pros that really, really need to be cleaned up. Uh, we've all seen the Lions wide receivers that have the drop season in the past, and I know Lions fans have been pulling their hair out when that happens, and we scream, catch the ball! But um, that's something Lions wide receivers coaches, if they were to take Miles Boykin, he would have to work on. But once again, 6'4", 220, um, good speed. I like this guy. Now, the uh, second sixth-round pick, um, we're in that point in the draft where um, I always like to take kind of like skill position guys, kind of hope they pan out, and um, linemen at this point is what I'm looking for. I'm done kind of looking for defensive tackles. I'm done looking for linebackers. I'm kind of looking for guys that uh, maybe the diamond in the rough offensive linemen and um, defensive backs or wide receivers, something like that. Um, so with the sixth, their sixth pick, their um, in the I'm sorry, the second pick in the sixth round, I have them taking Xavion uh, Smith, the cornerback out of Alabama. Now he's once again another big uh, cornerback. He's six one, two hundred pounds. 
Now, what he's really good at and what, the, once again, Lions defensive backs coaches like to have done is that uh, they like their defensive backs to tackle. Um, he's a really good tackler. He's, he's really good at tackling. He has really good skill um, skills at it, keeps his head up, makes a lot of good tackles, really likes to stick his nose in there, and that's a nice thing to see out of defensive backs. Um, he's also good at uh, various coverages. Um, Alabama ran, uh, they ran some man, they ran some zone, and he seemed to pick it up uh, pretty well and, and did well when he was in there. Now, uh, one of the negatives on him at one point last year, he was really, really hit and miss, and he got benched. So uh, there was points where he was struggling. I don't know if it was a confidence issue or if um, he was just missing things. But I, I do remember at one point in, um, last year for Alabama, they was benched for a few games, but he came on again late in the year. Um, another problem is he's uh, he's not as fast as uh, as uh, other defensive backs. And I know Derek talks about Tease Tabor, him being Mr. Slow. Um, I think Xavier uh, Smith, he's another one that uh, he's just not as fast. So uh, you would kind of hope that his, uh, his skills and uh, being able to recognize things would help make up for that. But um, he can get uh, he he can get. Uh, beat on various routes he has he does have a little trouble picking up routes and recognizing what the route will be i don't know if that can be coached up but uh, the big knock on him will be his speed but uh what i think will outweigh is that he does like to come up and uh, make tackles which is always a good thing as well um now once again the lions in the seventh round they do have a couple seventh round picks and uh the first uh, pick of their seventh round, I ended up uh, ended up taking Michael Dieter, the offensive tackle out of Wisconsin. Uh, now Michael Dieter, he's a big man. He's six five, three hundred nine pounds. Um, he's once again, he's you know him being that size, Wisconsin generally produces really good offensive linemen. They know how to you know they're really good at run blocking. They can hold up in the pass block as well. Um, they're just like Wisconsin. Once again, they recruit and produce road graders. So this could be a guy who could, you know, fill in somewhere down the road, be a nice backup offensive lineman for the team. He's got really good leg drive, and um, which will help him obviously with the run blocking right there, especially going up against a uh, bigger uh, defensive lineman in the pros. And uh, he's pretty decent at run and pass blocking i know in the past the lions have drafted you know it's like this guy's really good at pass blocking they hope he can develop the run blocking or vice versa you know this guy's really a road grader but he struggles with pass blocking you know can get beat um i believe michael dieter he's a guy that uh he does he's not awesome at both of them but he's uh fairly he's fairly uh adequate adequate maybe is a bad term He's, he's not really good but he's good he's good enough at uh run blocking and pass blocking. I don't think he's elite, or obviously you'd, I would have taken him higher in the draft, but uh, I think he's a—he's uh, pretty uh, decent at both uh, run and pass blocking. Uh, a couple negatives. Uh, with him being a, as big as he is, you know, with such good leg drives, sometimes he, he struggles with uh, with power uh, with powerful opponents, you know, guys that are bigger. Um, he, can, he may not be able to push them off the line as much, you know, create space as needed, which... Uh, once again, it, it does surprise me a little bit for uh, for a Wisconsin offensive lineman, but uh, maybe that's something the Lions coaches can be able to coach him up and uh, give him a little better technique. And uh, sometimes he does give up ground a little too easy on uh, on pass rushes. Instead of you know um, you know I know I realize with the pass rush, I mean you do give a little ground, but sometimes he gives up a little easier than what he needs to. And uh, in the pros, you know any you, you give those fast quick defensive linemen, defensive ends, any inch, and they'll they'll be 
out of your view before you know it you're blinking they're gone so uh that's something that only would need that he would need to work on as well but uh michael dieter 65309 i really like his size now with the their last pick of the seventh round I kind of took this one for Derek. He was still sitting out there, and I know he likes him. So I ended up taking Hunter Renfro, the wide receiver out of Clemson. Uh, once again, this guy is uh, 5'10", 180 pounds. Uh, well, he's not like the speed demon that you're looking for. He pretty much runs like a 4'6", But uh, he's going to be your slot guy, that uh, that un- that guy that runs the underneath routes, much like Golden Tate did. I know we just signed Dam- Danny Amendola. Um, but once again, that's a short contract. Danny Amendola may be there just to kind of, um, you know, teach, you know, kind of uh, teach the guys, you know, that are the younger guys. They take them under the wing, tell them how to be pros, you know, tell them what to look for, you know, running the underneath routes. And um, really uh, know, like, how to uh, actually block downfield when you're in there. That's a big thing as well. Not for sure how much of Hunter Renfro had to do that at Clemson. But uh, a few things Hunter Renfro is really good at. He's he's really quick out of his breaks, and that's really a big thing that you would need for that slot receiver. That's how he was able to get open so much at uh, Clemson in a lot of games. He was just quick out of the breaks, and the defensive backs that he was going up against when he was um you know against the slot corners, he was just able to get space. Um, and with that being said, he really has sticky fingers. He guy this guy just catches everything thrown at him, and that's a that's a a big need that Detroit always has, especially for that underneath slot guy. Um, slot guys with sticky fingers can get open. They, they don't always have to be the fastest guy. They can just be that quick twitch guy that can get open and get the first down and make a couple men miss, you know, and take a three-yard pass, you know, take, you know, eight, nine yards. I mean, that's that's all, what you're really looking for at some points for that slot guy. It's just, uh, you know, create your own space, get open, and get the first down when needed. Now, like I said, the uh, couple negatives on him, he's he's just not as fast as uh, as other wide receivers. You know, it's like pretty close to four six forty right there. You know, once again, he's only five ten and one hundred eighty pounds. That's that's pretty small. So slot guys, you've seen a lot of those guys. You know, they 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 take a lick on some uh, on some catches. They they really get hit, and I know that the uh, NFL is really trying to clean that up with you know you know going shots to the head, defenseless receivers, things like that. But still, I mean, there's plenty of clean hits out there where guys really get lumbered laid on them. And, you know, 5'10", 180 pounds, that's a small guy running the slot, you know, having to watch out for safety or uh, a linebacker coming through to uh, lay the lumber on you after you, after you make a catch. And uh, also with him uh, being a little a little smaller, his, uh, his catch radius, he, he doesn't have a very big catch radius. Now uh, we've seen games where uh, Matt Stafford well, he'll put he'll put the ball on the numbers for you, but then we've also seen the games where Matt Stafford can be a little wild, and the uh, wide receivers have to do a, do a really good job of contorting their body, um, you know, making a catch that just kind of leaves us you know with our jaws dropped, saying, "Wow, what a catch! What a great catch!" And at that point, it's just making Stafford look good. So smaller catch radius um, with him, he'll he'll really have to put the uh, ball in the uh, on the numbers here with a Hunter Renfro. Because anything, once again, slot receivers run a lot of stuff over the middle. A lot of guys hang out over the middle. And so you throw over the middle, passes get tipped. Um, that uh, can just lead to interceptions for uh, safeties, linebackers. You know, um, guys just waiting to lick their chops on those tip drill balls right there. So that's all seven rounds for me. I know Derek's going to listen to this and probably on a podcast here. He's just going to be laughing at me and uh, saying he'll tell me some picks are good. 
then there's some picks he's going to leave scratching his head, and, uh, well, we might duke it out and fight on it. But uh, that's really the first time I've ever really done a full seven-round draft and uh, looked at players, you know, that far down. Now, uh, I have uh, looked at guys in the past and said, this guy may be good, this guy may be good, but I've never really slotted them in late-round late picks and stuff like that. So, everybody, that's my draft. Once again, Montez Sweat in the first round, Amani Awari in the second, Josh Oliver, the tight end, out of San Jose State in the third, Lamont Gallard, the offensive center out of Georgia in the fourth, Bryce Love in the fifth, uh, Miles Boykin and Savion Smith um, in the sixth, and uh, Michael Dieter, the offensive tackle out of Wisconsin, and Hunter Renfro, uh, Hunter Renfro, the wide receiver out of Clemson in the sixth. So, uh, or I'm sorry, Hunter Renfro in the seventh, along with Michael Dieter. So uh, that's my draft, and um, I don't know, I'd be pretty happy with that if that fell to the Lions. I know some of you guys would be like, this guy's terrible, this guy sucks, but that's okay. Feel free to do your own seventh round, uh, seven round draft, and see how it comes up. Um, I don't really have any of the questions today from anybody, which is good. Uh, And uh, that's all I have today. So I appreciate everybody uh, taking the time to listen. That's what my thoughts are on the draft. Uh, The draft is almost here, less than a month away. Uh, I'm pretty stoked for that. So uh, once again, everybody, thanks for listening in. And once again, like Derek asked, do I have anything for anybody else? Nope. Everybody have a good night. Thanks for listening. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Drink it in, man.